Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. We're here with Willie Robertson of Duck Dynasty, a serial entrepreneur. When we come back, we're going to ask Willie about his biggest successes, his biggest failures, and where he thinks the opportunity for 2022 and 2023 might reside right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Dude, you're so much fun to talk to. I could talk to you. Like, there's just something about, I'm trying not to pander to you, man, because I'm sure you get a bunch of that too. There's just something about you just being willing to like be real and talk about what is. Nobody does that. Everybody who wants to be on a podcast, like, you know, they come with their narrative and their polished script and no matter what questions you ask, like they find a way to kind of veer it back to their thing. And there's a reason for that too. Like there's probably a place for it, but mm-hmm. I just have a guy who's been super successful in life. And I don't know, man, I really appreciate the way you show up. It's cool. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to package it. It'd be hard to tell somebody how to do that. So I guess that's why I don't even, I'm like, it's just, it'd be hard to say, here's what you should do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Welcome back to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. We're here with Willie Robertson. And now we're going to get into some of the deep questions, although we've gone pretty deep this whole time. But what I'd love to know, Willie, from an entrepreneurial perspective, 
what's your biggest failure? Like, what was the biggest mistake? The thing that you just look back on it like, oh, man. Well, you know, there was a chance I had to, to move the company. And I still don't know. Like, I'm thinking, should I have done that? Should I have went ahead and sold the company, you know, back when it was at the height of some of these things? Because then I could have focused in a little bit more on the the brand. Because I don't have to own the company to, to help the company. And then somebody else maybe could have had the, the tools to even make the company bigger. And by hanging on to it, I think we didn't do it any favors because we had so many things going on at the time. It was so hard to run, you know, to grow the company because we're growing a TV audience and growing this, this brand, which was not our brand. Duck Dynasty is not my brand. And so Duck Commander is my brand. And so I always think like, did I mess up? Should I have done that? You know, made that move and then really just launched into the promotion TV and, and all that. And so uh, could have been a mistake, but maybe not. I, I don't know. But all the rest of the mistakes were, you know, you know, they were small. We were able to take the hits. And But when something happens like ours, man, it, it's it was so unprecedented that there's just no, there's no manual for it. <laughs> there was no, yeah, you know, no way to plan for it. When you go from selling 60,000 duck calls to, you know, well over a million dollars worth of duck calls in six months, you know, which creates some logistical nightmares. <laughs> so it, I mean, we were running our offices 24 hours a day. I'm having everybody and their brother and a duck call, putting a duck call together is, it's not, easy you know it's got to make the right sound and so golly it was it was tough you know we i was hiring everybody i knew and while i was trying to make a show so it was just we had so many things going on at one time you know i hired some people that missed it was just like oh why did i hire this guy but it was just because it was just so fast you know i mean when it when it when it hit it hit and it went crazy and everybody wanted something right then and that can be difficult to to manage yeah expectations are high what was your what was your biggest win what was the thing that you're like, man, had I not done that, you know, I don't know that we'd be where we are. Was there a, like one of those seminal moments? I mean, I think, that, I mean, I could definitely say the show because the show created so many more opportunities. And so, but we had another show on Outdoor Channel before called Duck Commander. So it wasn't like we were like out there in the middle of nowhere. We had just enough, you know, so we had started making VHS tapes, you know, of some of our hunts and things. And so we, and that got in Walmart. And then, so Walmart was really a big move. Walmart moved the needle for us. That, that took us from Westboro, Louisiana to 3000 stores all across America. So we started getting people buying our stuff. We got this cult following and then we were approached. None of us, none of us watched reality TV except my wife. And so my wife is like, you guys need a reality show because she watched reality TV. And I remember saying like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we're that interesting. And, and Corey's like, well, you are not normal. Like, you know, like the most bizarre people. How you guys live your life? Because she was kind of looking at it from me. Like, she'd been married in the family for a while, but her family were like, you know, business people and like did everything, you know, the right way and all these things. And we were just like crazy town. And so then we did this show, which was a huge move. And I went to my father and I said, hey, they want to do this show. And he's like, oh, it's a terrible idea. Nobody's going to watch it. And I said, well, it could help business. And so, and we saw a little bump, you know, just on this small network about our channel. And then that was when we got the email from, uh, just got it out of the blue. So this is a message to your viewers. Information at Duck Commander, which sadly there's probably been thousands of emails that never even get looked at now. But a producer in L.A. sent an email to that, just to whom it may concern. I've seen your show on Outdoor Channel. I think you guys have a giant show. Give me a call. Here's my number. I'm in Los Angeles. And I remember the secretary coming in going, Willie, do you, 
do you want to respond to this or ignore it? Or do you want me to respond? And I said, I'll call him. And I called him up and we talked and man, this dude was like fast talking LA, you know? And he was like, he said, Willie, this show be so big. You won't be able to walk anywhere without getting recognized. And I remember thinking like, this guy's full of crap, you know, like, and sure enough, that sucker was right. So that's probably the biggest right move was answering that email, making that phone call, and then just watching it go, boom, you know, explode. Dude, what a great story that is. And good for you for opening the door, you know. Well, and you know what's weird? We had the, we were in the right state. So at the time, Louisiana had, I think, the biggest tax credits for television and movies. And so there was a lot of stuff coming to Louisiana. So if you had anything in Louisiana, a lot of those producers were going, hey, if you got something... And so you had Sons of Guns, you had Swamp People, Bayou Billionaires, you had a ton of shows being filmed in Louisiana. So people were all, they were kind of mining the state, like looking for personalities. And then this guy sees a show about a group, they're, they're all related and they all got these big beards and they're duck hunters and we're successful from Louisiana. And so it was like, hey, maybe there's something there. So we just happened to be in the right state. You know, it was a good it's a good time. It's a good state with the way the tax credits are. Because now a lot of the states have tax credits. And, but at the time, Louisiana was kind of on the leading edge of that, like trying to pull people from, from California to say, hey, come film here and you can get some money back. So, Yeah. For other entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs that want, let's say, a little bit more visibility, want to establish themselves as a personality or personal brand, where do you see the opportunity for them moving forward? Especially, you know, if it's not reality TV, do you see other conduits that you'd advise people to pursue or to look at? I mean, I think, you know, like marketing 101, and again, I'm, <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a degree. I may have shared this. At the, uh, my degree is non-certified to teach PE degree. That's my degree. Yeah. And see, so you're laughing. So it took me about six years to get it. And I was like, I didn't realize when I tell everybody what a degree I got, everybody started laughing. And so at the time, it seemed like it was a cool degree. It wasn't that difficult to get it, which basically means... I can't teach. I'm not certified to teach a PE class, which when, when I see PE class, I'm like, like my PE classes in school is a dude sitting in a chair and he just threw some ball out and said, y'all get after it. I'm not certified to teach that. So, um, so I don't, but I, but again, I've learned so much from marketing from other companies. And I think I always remember like, you know, you got to differentiate yourself between someone else. And that's the, you know, that's kind of the beginning of marketing is right there. What makes you different? And so, we certainly had a difference. And, and even in our duck calls, if you want to go to the nuances of the, the duck calling world, most of most all the duck call makers won the world championship of duck calling. Then they started making their own call. My father did not do that. He, he was anti-duck calling competition. And his message was, I make a duck call that sounds just like a duck, <laughs> which sounds so like small, right? And that was his deal. And he and he had these little tricks where he he went and got a he knew some guy in the FBI and he blew his duck call and they analyzed it against a real mallard hen duck and they came out the same. And so he would go play this all over at these little road shows and, and he'd take his duck call and he'd stick it in water and he'd shake it because he was like, How many of y'all ever drop a duck call in the river? And then he would blow it and people were like, Oh, that's genius, you know, like it can get wet. And so I mean, I just remember watching all these little things and so and then he had this big beard. And so. Hey, guys, it's Cosm here. And 
I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a bit of a wake-up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. And, and so they would say, why do you, why do you grow this big beard? And so you're looking for like, well, it's the, and my dad would say, well, a Northwest wind, that's why I grew it. Because when a Northwest wind's hitting you in the face, and you're standing outside, you need as much hair on your face as you can to make you warm. So it's all these little small things, but it was like, I could just see the marketing there. You know, I never got, I was in this big meeting. I was like, in, I can't remember where I was. And, and this guy said, who is the guy that they got? Like what marketing company hired this person? He was talking about my father. He's like, who hired this guy? Like, he's, he's not a, that's a real dude. You know? I was like, are you kidding? Like there's somebody like that. And so, and I see that, I see that when people are like that, you can really, it helps with the marketing when you're really authentic. He stuck with one thing, which was good too. He had one specific thing. And so I learned from that and then branched out from that because I was like, well, still duck hunters are small. Like it's a small market. I mean, there's probably 1.2 million duck hunters in America. And so that's pretty niche. And so but I was like, but deer, everybody and their brother is around here. <laughs> Everybody's a, everybody got grandma's farm and they go out there and maybe get a deer. And so I, I knew there was probably 20 million there. So I wanted that. And then we were going to grow it into other areas and then to cover this outdoors. But I've even seen that now over time. It's awesome. Like I was watching programming last night where you're seeing guys and gals go out because they want to get their own meat and so it's like i want to be able to go you know it's like farm to table you know so these are like urban ideas too that are now but also so you're getting this where it's like i want the best they're not shot up with you know all these hormones and antibiotics and all this stuff it's something that i can see i can bring i do, do it myself and you know and god forbid if times were hard yeah and we had to do that so so you see that now and i see them actually on television and it's like, you know, you can see people drawing, they're going, oh, that'd be amazing, you know, to go, you know, grow your own food or, or catch what you need to catch or whatever, to, you know. And so, so you see that there's a, there's something about that that's appealing to a lot of people. Yeah. If you're listening to this, I think we just got a masterclass in building a personal brand. And I think <laughs> you've done that better than anybody I've talked to, Willie. I appreciate you being on the show. Where, where can people find you? Uh, out in the woods. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they can't. <laughs> No, we have products. Yeah, DuckAmerica.com is where we have products. And yeah, so we're there. And so we do, yeah, a lot of things. So we're, you know, it's probably where you can find us hanging out. And you'll see us in a bunch of different adventures, like I said, movies and stuff that are coming out. And just, uh, yeah, just trying to be bright lights, be wholesome people and good. And, you know, we're faithful people. And so we do, we do what we do. And so build bridges with other people. And uh, yeah, and I was, I was impressed with what we spoke at and just hearing other ideas. And Jesse, I mean, that was crazy, his speech. And so yeah, just always keep learning. And, you know, now I'm just trying to pour it into my kids and say, because hey, my kids didn't grow up like I grew up. And so, and I've been on that recently, like, like we all grew up poor. Now our kids are not. And so how's that going to work out? And so probably a whole different podcast, you know, what's this second and third generation going to look like? So. Yeah, I'm in a group called Front Row Dads, 
run by a guy named John Broman. It's the best thing I've ever done for myself. It's just a bunch of dudes that want to be better fathers, better husbands. And that's a, that's a question that comes up often, you know, because especially in the entrepreneurial world, you get a lot of people that bootstrap themselves up. And then the inclination there is to give your kids everything you didn't have. But then you end up where, where I am and where a lot of these dudes are. Where we got the most spoiled, entitled little minions. And it's like, well, I got to fix this now. They're not like they think it's all easy and you're like, it's not easy. And so it's not all that just giving them, God, I was just, I was with a guy the other day and, and I was saying thing. I was like, why are we? Cause he was saying the same thing. Cause I asked this guy, I said, you know, did you grow up with money? He's like, no. <laughs> I was like, why are we doing it? You know? And so it's, it's so hard to, to make that where you make your kids do that and appreciate that stuff. And, and I'm telling you, it's a, you know, we'll probably see that, you know, you'll probably see that where it's, is it going to go down? I mean, you know, how did they keep going? And so we've definitely seen that, you know, the numbers in business and second, third generation. It's like I wrote a book called American Entrepreneur, and it was amazing how these families, like these giant, powerful families, within two generations, it's gone. Gone, like, yeah. Wasted. It's, I mean, it's just gone. And so it was so sad. I was like, wow, you know. So I'm always mindful of that, about how to not not do that. But it's easier said than done. It's, it's hard to, you know, because you just want to give them everything and, you know. So, hey, you had this, but golly, I do appreciate how I grew up. I just appreciate wanting to, you know, just having that fight to go get it and, you know, and all that. So I don't know, but I'm glad you're doing that because it, it's it's definitely, I think the more we think about it could be helpful for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not doing it well. I'll tell you that right now. If you met my kids, they need to be left out in the woods maybe for a day just to, just to know like, hey, you know, this this house, this air conditioning you have, this you open the fridge and it's full. Like those are luxuries that you don't, you'll never understand. You know, one thing that helped me with that was we've always done this with our children ever since they were small, but we would do a lot of trips, like either mission trips or go over to other countries. And so we would take them with us. And so I think it was really helpful for them to see how other people live, especially not in this country. But we would take them out there and let them see and feel and, you know, the smells and everything about how other people live around the world. And so that was one thing that we did commit to do because we could, you know, we'd go to Haiti or we'd go to, you know, parts of Dominican or Guatemala. And so they, they've been to these places and they've seen, they have relationships to this day. They have relationships with people and they realize like, it's not the same. You know, it's not, everybody doesn't have these things that, that a lot of people in America, not everybody, but a lot of people have in this country. Yeah. Yeah. In so many ways, we just won the geographic lottery, you know, and something to be grateful for. I, that's, that's really good advice, Willie. I'm going to take my yeah, kids yeah. everywhere now. Yeah. And not just the Costa Rica posh places. <laughs> like, <laughs> take you to this resort here. <laughs> Show you how the other half lives. <laughs> I always say, like, I go to Dominican, I go to the other side, not the not the fancy side. But man, that was helpful. That and into this now that they're adults, they can tell me like, Dad, that meant so much to go, you know. And like I said, we still have friends that, you know, we have friends that we connect with that they grew up who were either in orphanage or, or just a bad situation. And so, and help them out, have their pictures up and communicate with them and talk to them on the phone. And, and hopefully they could start seeing like, yeah, man, we, we're definitely appreciative of what we have. I love that, man. Well, Willie, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on the show. This has been a blessing and I appreciate your authenticity and the way you've shown up. And I can't wait to just follow you and see everything else you do. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad we sat beside each other on that plane. So, which I got moved to that seat. I was on the front row and then I got moved right beside you. So yeah, man, awesome knowing you and appreciate what you guys do. And so, and it's an honor to be on your, be on the podcast.
Yeah, appreciate appreciate you coming on. For those of you listening, make sure to go check out Duck Commander, Buck Commander, Watch Duck Dynasty. Willie's going to be pretty easy to find online, so give him a Google because I think he's worthy of your attention. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 